Welcome to Bible Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today, the topic of the sermon will be judgment. Judgment. The reason why I'm covering judgment is because today is Sunday, September 27th of 2020, and we have seen... Uh, America and the world, especially in America, lose its mind. And the, the reason for it is because, especially in America, we've got away from God. We've pushed God to the side and think we know more than God does. We're, we want to be like God, and now we're under God's judgment. You see chaos in the streets. See, all this because this country needs to repent. Not just this country, but the whole world. Wherever you're listening from, listen to this message carefully because it's the Word of God and it's on judgment. And we're going to read out of Scripture today, which is found in Isaiah chapter 3 and chapter 4. Then I'll be reading from the NIV, the New International Version, just to make it a little simple. I prefer King James Version. But anyway, it's a little bit of a modern wording so you can understand what it's saying clearly because this was back thousands of years ago just saying what happens to a nation when they reject God. They reject God and His principles, God and His law, the moral law, the Ten Commandments, which you can find in the Old Testament book of Exodus chapter 20. But due to the rejection of God and because we've took God out of the schools teaching that there's no God or if you don't say no God, you're teaching secular, which means you're teaching everything without God. God's been removed from everything, especially in the United States of America. We have a Christian history, a biblical Christian history, not just saying it, but actually this country was formed from, from the Bible itself taking God's moral laws and Ten Commandments. So and throughout our history, we've had many miracles that sprung America through everything and has helped to create America, and especially with George Washington when he was, uh, when he was the leader of the, uh, the first bill chair we had in America, which was... Uh, predominantly all volunteer and you had a few ones that were there on a regular basis but the majority had just joined voluntarily or whatever and um, they were a ragtag bunch but you see George Washington was the devout biblical Christian you see and most of the founding fathers they're all uh, the majority were all biblical Christians and the the two or three that weren't devout, devout were still more devout than anybody we are today. So, because they knew that God's way always worked and the Bible worked. So that was the whole point of the public school was created to teach about God. To teach you how to read and write, but with God, not from God. So now you have the uh, they have the public schools here in America. Uh, the colleges who are all secular and even those uh, colleges and universities that claim to be Christian, the majority are not. The majority, um, they have a name of it, 
but they don't teach it. In fact, when they do teach it, they're teaching how the Bible is just a good literary book to read. That's it. No, it's God's word to us. It's a holy book. We don't even know what holiness is anymore. Everybody just does whatever. We've had so much freedoms in America that we just do whatever. So let's start reading about judgment, which not only comes on a nation, but comes individually for the rejection of God. Okay, Isaiah chapter 3. Judgment on Jerusalem and Judah. So that's Isaiah chapter 3. See now, the Lord, the Lord Almighty, is about to take from Jerusalem and Judah both supply and support. All supplies of food and all supplies of water. The hero of the warrior, the judge of the prophet, the diviner, and the elder, the captain of fifty, and the man of rank, the counselor, skilled craftsman, and clever enchanter. Verse 4, I will make mere youth their officials. Children will rule over you. That means those that think is children. They have no wisdom. They don't know God. They're going to rule. Does that sound familiar? That's what we have right now. And I'm not talking about the president of the United States, the current one. But those that reject God, this is how they rule. And you can look at certain governors and mayors and all that are doing just that. They're taking the freedoms away from the people, claiming something that's not true because they like their power and they're not doing it because they care for people. They're doing it because they think they have the power. As long as the people go along with it and don't stand for God, it's going to continue. And, and, and the sin of a nation is going to continue and individually. Verse 6, a man will size one of his brothers in his father's house and say, you have a cloak, you be our leader, take charge of this heap of ruins. <clears throat> Verse 7, but in that day he will cry out, I have no remedy, I have no food or clothing in my house. Do not make me the leader of the people. Verse 8, Jerusalem staggers, Judah is falling, their words and deeds are against the Lord, defying his glorious presence. Verse 9, Isaiah chapter 3. The look on their faces testifies against them. They parade their sin like Sodom. They're talking about homosexuality. Is that not what we're seeing today? They have homosexual parades and all this stuff. They're pushing their... Uh, they've gathered together to have politicians vote in what they want, which is what we have today in America. Uh, the last president had helped to usher in that marriage is no longer between a man and a woman, but it could be whatever. No, it's against God. Um... They do not hide it. Woe to them. They have brought disaster upon themselves. Verse 10. Tell the... Tell the righteous I will be well with them, for they will enjoy the fruit of their deeds. That means you're going to reap what you sow. You're doing bad things, you're going to reap bad things. They will be paid back for what their hands have done. Verse 12. Youth oppress my people. 
Women rule over them. What do we see today? We have teenagers running around, murdering, stealing, burning down everything. Then what are these child-minded, wicked mayors and governors do? They just pull the police back and let it happen and let the people suffer. You see, in the Old Testament, it says when the righteous are in rule, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people mourn. And right now, in the cities and states and stuff that we have the wicked people ruling, they're mourning. Oh, there's a state in America that's for like it's never stopped every night. It's burning, stealing, killing. It's been that way for over 100 days. I think it's 120, 30, whatever. But it has not stopped, and they think it's okay. Um, let me see. Uh, verse 11. Continually on verse 11, they will be paid back for what their hands have done. Verse 12. You suppress my people. Women rule over them, my people. Your guides lead you astray. They turn you from the path. Here's the good one. A lot of you are not going to like this because of um, the wicked women. Not women are wicked, but the wicked movement they had. It was ungodly women who rejected God, were for murdering children, had pushed their agenda. And, of course, they always take it to the politicians to vote to pass laws and stuff that makes it more wicked. That's why we're having children killed every day. Yet they have the nerve to call it reproduction rights. You're killing the reproduction. But anyways, you have these wicked women and now they've gone into the church. When it clearly states, and you can read this and I want you to write this down. Who's ever listening to this? Look, the Bible is there for us to do it. Not to contemplate it. Like, well, maybe we could do this, man. We don't know. The Ten Commandments are there because we're supposed to do it. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not make a false god, a graven image. Thou shalt not covet what somebody has. Thou shalt not murder. There's a reason for these. God made this as rules for us to live by to do it. And if we don't, then there's severe consequences that come upon you. Because not only are you destroying yourself, but destroying everybody else around you, and you're destroying people's lives because of your wickedness. So their their standards that we're supposed to go by, they're, uh, 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 they're literal obstacles to keep us from crossing the line. When you cross the line, then everything falls apart. And that's where we're at today. We've kept crossing and pushing that line to where there's nothing left in the churches, have failed the majority not all of them but the majority of the churches in america and around the world have failed they've fallen for the lie of satan they've allowed all this they have women pastors and like that when the bible clearly says and i know you're gonna get mad but that's okay it's what god says and i want you to read it in uh you can read this in first corinthians chapter 14 verse 34 35 of the new testament and you can also read in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 10 through 15. And in 34, Paul was saying that it's that let the women keep silent, and if they have questions, to ask their husband when they get home. 
Number one, it was the order of the church because um, because uh, God says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 33, says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. So there's a reason for this, and it says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 10, 15, it says, Reason being because the woman was first beguiled by the snake or which was Satan that came in the form of the snake that in the Garden of Eden. She was the first to be deceived. Then she went to the husband. That's why it's like that. It's because of sin. Can God use women? Of course he can. But there are certain things that we're not supposed to do. The husband... The man is supposed to take the lead. It's supposed to be the head of the house and also to take the lead in everything else. The woman is supposed to be a helpmate. They're not supposed to be in leadership. Yes, they're over the children at home and all like that. Yes, definitely for that. That's what they're that's what they're here for. We're here to work together. If you do it God's way, it works. When you start pushing for things that God says don't do, you have a mess. Because we're dealing with people's sin. That's men and women's sin. Men want to do whatever they want to do, and women want to do whatever they want to do. You know, for them who reject God, they want to keep aspiring to whatever because they're actually needing God. But to fill that void they don't have because of the rejection of God and they reject the Ten Commandments, they have to keep striving. But what they're doing, they're actually destroying. Because when you're doing things without God, it's not going to work well. You may make it to world success. But you're still going to have the same problem. Your sin. That's men and women. It don't matter. You know. But when you do it the right way. And take the place where God has you to be. And be satisfied there. That's where joy comes. Joy comes from self-control. Joy comes from obeying God. But hating yourself. And everything else. Want to destroy yourself. Comes from rejecting God. The, hate, the hating of God. Because you don't want to go by his rules. You want to do your own thing. But you find out in the end, the wages of sin is death. This means uh, you've earned this. You've broken God's moral law. You've earned that. Therefore, the same for me. I was the same way till I came to God, repented of my sins, says God for forgiveness, and transferred the trust from myself to God alone and started doing what he says in his word and reading it daily without fail and doing it. Not just reading it and saying, well, I don't agree with that. Oh, I agree with that. I don't agree with that. No. You're doing what it says. You know, and he was reading an article today, actually, just a little bit of it. And it was a female writer, had a picture of her, looked really young. And she was talking about, well, what do you say um, when somebody asks you, well, why are you going to, to preach? It was a woman, uh, it was a young girl, and the woman pastor asked her to preach or whatever, right? So, so and then those that didn't know the Bible, they questioned her, said, well, why would you go against the Bible? So she gave her opinions of why she disagreed with it. But there's no facts to back it up as what she thinks. You see, if everybody did what they thought, we'd be messed up. Oh, that's right. That's what's happened to America. Oh, that's what's happened to the world. Everybody's doing what they think should be done instead of what should be done from the Word of God. Now, what do we have? A mess. And people are dying. Businesses are being destroyed, which is people's livelihood. Some have worked at it all their life to build it up. Door has been passed down from generation. 
So now their livelihood is destroyed because of people that don't care about themselves nor anybody else, and they're out there causing mayhem. Then the law has been stifled by those that were put in power who are mayors, um, governors, so on, and all the uh, uh, the ones that sits on mayor councils and all that. For those who are agreeing with all this stuff, no, it's wrong. We're in, we're in judgment right now. Is this the latter days? Is this the last days? It seems like it, but I don't know. Uh, because the Bible says not, not even the Son of God knows. Only God the Father knows when that day is going to be. When his coming is. But he gives you all the uh, the signs to look for for that day when it's, when it's coming. And if, if we're not in the very last days, we're sure in the midst of it. But we've been in the last days for a long time, for years. Even the first church was saying that they were in the last days, you know, because of all the evil. But we've come a long ways, a couple of thousand years from that, from the first church. So now we're, but we're seeing so much evil. Will America stand? Only if we turn from our wicked ways, then repent before God. Then put our trust from ourselves to Christ alone. But we must totally repent of everything. And our nation must come back to God. Not only a nation, but individually. We must come back to God. Because as we're reading, this is nothing new. Sin is not new. It's been around since the beginning. Verse 13 of Isaiah chapter 3. The Lord takes his place in court. He rises to judge the people. 14. The Lord enters into judgment against the elders and leaders of his people. It is you who have ruined my vineyard. The plunder from the poor is in your houses. 15. What do you mean by crushing my people and grinding the faces of the poor, declares the Lord, the Lord Almighty. Verse 16. The Lord says the women of Zion are haughty. That means they're arrogant. Walking along with outstretched necks, flirting with their eyes, strutting along with swaying hips, with ornaments jiggling on their ankles. Verse 17, Therefore the Lord will bring sores on the heads of the women of Zion. The Lord will make their scalps bald. Verse 18, In that day the Lord will snatch away their finery, the bangles of the headbands and crescent necklaces. 19, The earrings and bracelets and veils. Verse 20, The headdresses and ankles and sashes the perfume bottles and charms, 21. The signet rings and nose rings, 22. The fine robes and the capes and cloaks, the purses, 23. Mirrors and the linen garments and tiaras and shawls, verse 24. Instead of fragrance, they will be a stitch. Instead of a sash, oh, a rope. Instead of well-dressed hair, baldness. Instead of fine clothing, sackcloth. Instead of beauty, branding. 25, your men will fall by the sword, your warriors in battle. 26, the gates of Zion will lament and mourn, destitute, she will sit on the ground. And in chapter 4, uh, <clears throat> verse 1, it says, In that day, seven women will take hold of one man and say, We will eat our own food and provide our own clothes. Only let us be called by your name. Take away our disgrace. So, they want to do what they want to do, but still be called a wife. They want it both ways. 
Yeah, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work, man. You know, I'm telling you. Yeah. So, what are we to do? Repent. Okay, let's read a little further. And let's read down, continuing in chapter 4 of Isaiah, verse 2, the branch of the Lord. In that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious. The fruit of the land will be pride and glory of survivors in Israel. Those who are left in Zion who remain are recorded among the living in Jerusalem. The Lord will wash away the filth of the women of Zion. He will cleanse the bloodstains from Jerusalem by a spirit of judgment and a spirit of fire. Then the Lord will create over all the Mount Zion and over those who assemble there a cloud of smoke by day and a glow of flaming fire by night. Over everything, the glory will be a canopy. Verse 6, it will be a shelter and shade from the heat of the day and a refuge and hiding place for the, from the storm and rain. So you see, we, if we repent of, of our sins and run to God, then he will forgive us our sins. Because 2 Chronicles 7, 14, it says, If my people who are called by my, by my name will repent. So we must repent to God. And he will hear, hear us and heal the land. And heal us. But we must come back to God. We've gone for so long pushing God away, pushing God away, pushing God away. Now the churches have failed. They're pushing God away, pushing God away. The government's pushing God away, pushing God away. What do you think is going to happen? It's kind of like this. If you have a family that you love a lot, but all of a sudden everybody starts hating you for whatever reason, and they start pushing you away. They want nothing to do with you. You keep trying, but they say, get away from me. We we hate your guts. We don't want you anymore. Get out of here. We don't like the way you are. So finally, they just tell you to leave. Don't ever come back. What are you going to do? You're going to leave and not come back. Right? Well, that's what we're doing to God. We're pushing God away. And tell them, we don't want you no more. We don't need you. We got all this. But here's the problem. The blessings we have, especially in America, is from God. So if you push God out, all that's going to leave with him. And we're going to go back to nothing and zero and suffering and sickness and disease and no electricity, no running water, no plumbing, all the stuff we take for granted every day. Refrigeration won't be there. People will die because they can't refrigerate the medicines they need to live every day. There won't be medicines because there's no electricity to keep the plants going to make the medications that God gave us the knowledge of in the first place. You can't have surgery because there won't be any power. There won't be anything. You can't have surgery, but it'll be like outside. You know, and it'll go back to the basics again, which most people die. We have it so good in America, we don't even want to know God. We're fine without God, so we think. For those who reject God, when they die, they will, they will be in hell and burn forever and ever. There's no time. You'll burn and be tormented. You'll have a spiritual body that will not die to just go through it continuously never never ends but for those who repent ask god for forgiveness and turn from their wicked ways and transfer the trust from themselves to god alone they will be saved and when those who are saved die they will be in heaven where the bible says there's no more uh, there's no more tears, there's no more pain, there's no more sorrow, and so on and so forth.
wonderful place to be forever where there's no time. It's up to you. It's up to you what you're going to do. Okay? Now, when you become a biblical Christian, let me read a little bit about what we should do. In Galatians chapter 6 of the New Testament, it says, doing good to all. I'll just read a little bit. And verse 6, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Verse 2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Verse 3, if anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Verse 4, each one should test their own actions then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Verse 6, Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. You see the difference? When you're serving God, everybody helps each other and they carry their own load. When you reject God and you're living under a wicked government, right, or certain ones in the government who are wicked trying to push wicked things, then the people suffer. God works. That does not. No God doesn't work. God works. Every time, every time you do it, you live by God and you do what the Bible says, it works. But if you do the contrary, it won't work. So, are you a good person? Let's take the good person test. Have you ever lied? We call those liars. Have you ever stolen anything, no matter how long ago? Because right now what I just said is in the past. Everything's always in the past. Even if it was a paper clip, no matter how much it was, if you've stolen anything, even as a child, what do you call someone that steals? A thief. Have you ever looked at another person with lust? According to the New Testament, Jesus says, if you look at another person that lusts, you've already committed adultery in your heart already. Have you ever hated someone? In the New Testament, it says if you ever hate anyone, then you've already committed murder in your heart. That's four of the Ten Commandments, which is God's moral law, that we must do. And we've all broken God's moral law. That's why Christ came. He walked for three years. That was the Son of God. He worked for, walked for three years on earth uh, telling about the good news, or preaching the gospel, they call it, telling the good news of him of new life through him and then to pay the price for all humanity he he went he was beaten by those that hated him and whipped and was put on a cross with nails by the Romans which was one of the most horrific ways to die and it was part of their torture and you have to the way they put you, you had to lift up your uh, your knees and legs you had to lift yourself up to breathe and then if you hadn't died within so long, he'd come around and break your leg so you would go and suffocate and die. He went through that, but he lifted up his. The, he gave up the ghost. He died himself. They never broke his legs or anything, but he died, right? But then he rose the third day for us. See, he paid the price that God, the holy God, the holy judge of the universe demanded payment for our sins. Because what God says has to happen. See, people go back on their word and lie all the time. God does not. What he says has to be. So to pay that payment, just like if you go before a judge, 
you broken the law, you gotta you gotta pay that payment unless somebody comes and do, does it for you. That is, if you got twelve speeding licks, uh, uh, tickets to fine is too expensive, you can't pay it. You going to jail? Someone comes and don't know you, pays the fine. The judge legally can let you free, let you go, because someone else paid the fine. That's what Jesus did on the cross. In fact, he said it is finished, and then he died. He said the payment's been finished is what he meant. So, this is what you do. Now, we must come with a sorrowful heart, repenting of our sins. That's God to forgive us of all our law breaking, breaking God's moral law, the Ten Commandments. We've sinned, which is that. Now we must repent. Ask God for forgiveness, meaning it with all your heart and your mind. And then transferring the trust of yourself to Christ alone. And then you'll be saved. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that those listening will do this with a contrite heart, meaning it, knowing that they're lost, they've broken your laws, and that they need repentance, and they need to put their trust in you alone instead of in themselves. And also those who are not sure actually continually convict their heart that they will also do so, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now, resources. Let me give you resources. Watch on YouTube and go to their websites living waters with great comfort youtube a website livingwaters.com or ashes in genesis with ken ham youtube website ashes in genesis.org wall builders with david barton youtube uh the website is wallbuilders.com dr walter martin youtube and he also has a website uh, waltermartin.com you also need to watch it's on youtube 23 minutes in hell with bill wise and it's about 28 minutes, something like that. Really good. Something's even shorter. Need to watch it. Change your mind about everything. Do it. Do it now.